look, it's the portion of these bets that are not physically directly hedged with physical that is going to blow up. They now have to keep printing all we got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold, one and only, Andrew McGuire. All right, welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran, and I'll be your host for this episode. And from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we thank you for your continued support. As you can imagine, the community keeps growing more and more with every single week. Now, there's a lot to talk about during these historic times, and we've got Andrew McGuire in the house, and he'll be talking gold. Uh, this is going to be another amazing episode, I know. So fasten your seatbelts. Uh, Live from the Vault, by the way, gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else. And this episode is going to be no exception. So just before we go to uh, Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire, remember to please keep spreading the word about this channel by hitting that like button, sharing, uh, smash the subscribe button. And, you know, this really helps the show reach even more and more people with these important topics. And then while you're at it, Hit that bell if you want to be notified in real time as these episodes go live. So with that, let's head over to the UK and talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Andrew, we usually start off the episode by talking about what's happened since our last episode. And we focus on, of course, the all-important battle that we're evidencing between the paper market and the increasingly compliant Basel III physical drivers and with the unanticipated uh, geopolitical drivers still being assessed here. Can we maybe pick up on, on the thread on this? Yeah, absolutely, Shane. Nice to see you again. Um, I think the first thing I want to say is, look, and I said it last time, our hearts go out to everyone unfortunate to be caught up in the misery of a real hot war. Uh, and the official narrative around the blowback effect of the sanctions that are, that are having on the sanctions are having on the West are deliberately watered down. And so that's what really kind of what we're focusing more on that side of things. And really what we're leading to here is an inevitable upcoming gold revaluation. It cannot be ignored. So let's look at the fight between the paper and physical markets and how to really to position ourselves in the short and the long term, which is kind of what we like to do each time. But this is pretty dramatic now. Now, stepping back from the strategically gamed intraday, intraweek gold and silver market chart chatter, and you can see it behind me. I mean, you, you see it on your charts. What it actually reveals is that World War III is being played out in the gold market. World War III won't happen in a, in, with a nuclear bomb. This is being played out in the gold market, and there's reasons for that. The Russian and Chinese aggregated physical gold reserves, first of all, they're untouchable. And these real monetary assets, or money assets really, are of sufficient size to bypass crippling sanctions, which is why the US-led PSYOPs operation is now focused on these untouchable physical assets. However, the blowback effect from trying to fight this gold suppression war by selling paper gold into such strong physical demand and the related supply shortages, it's just not realized, nor is it priced in. Now, instead, what it's done is widen the gold window for sovereign and central banks to exchange their debasing dollars 
for physical gold well below the supply-demand fair values. And long before Russia was sanctioned, Russia had ramped up its gold acquisition strategy. Really, you remember this, months back, openly announcing that its National Wealth Fund was aggressively divesting its dollar holdings. And as part of this process of diversification, they moved to buy between three to 400 tons of physical gold. This was published. Now, while Russia has been the most open in their mandate of exchanging dollars for gold, all the BRICS countries are aware uh, of, of aware that the gold price has been suppressed since Nixon closed the gold window 50 years ago. And all of these countries, without exception, including China and Russia, have been exploiting this hidden gold window for years, stealthily exchanging depreciating dollars for gold. And what was the rush? The game was constant. It was always there. They knew that the, the, the Fed would interfere in, intervene in the gold market consistently, as would the BIS. That changed with Basel III. And we'll look at that in a second. But really, what happened is with the US employing the so-called nuclear option of cutting Russia's central bank off from SWIFT and freezing their reserves, something that's never happened in history before. It was a wake-up call for China and has incentivized all central banks to both step up and repatriate their physical gold holdings. And we're evidencing this right now. And it's been made absolutely clear that there is an added risk in buying so-called risk-free U.S. treasuries. The U.S. relies on these buyers to finance its ballooning debt. So now countries have to factor in this risk when they do this. And that changes the dynamics of what and what alternatives does this leave? Well, I mean, gold, obviously, for one. Now, the employment of financial sanctions by the United States as a foreign policy tool was a wake up call for all countries to diversify away from an over-reliance on dollar-denominated trade. Obviously, it doesn't happen overnight, but gold is the front-runner in this diversification process, hence the war on gold. Now, so that's, that's kind of like where we are at the moment. All right, well, that's amazing, Andrew. And, you know, before we started recording, you had mentioned Goldman Sachs that was noting a shift in those dynamics that you just talked about. Can you maybe sum it up for us here? Yeah, Shane, I find Goldman's comments on this subject interesting and, and actually worth, uh, worth reading. Um, and what they're saying is essentially military conflicts, and this is obviously very recent, military conflicts can be important for currency markets. And, quote, we would see geopolitical events as negatively affecting the distribution of, possi of possible outcomes for the US dollar over the medium term. So, in essence... While there is currently no real alternative to the dollar for capital market depth and global integration, uh, the number of recent events fit with the type of behavior that could start to shift those dynamics. Redenominating a larger portion of commodity trade could be an important step in the process. Now, obviously, there was a long dissertation, but that makes sense. Now, what, what's really said here is more immediately uh, uh, as, as uh, uh, really what we're looking at here is a, the logical conclusion of this is a bullion commodity basket backed currency. That's the next logical step. And obviously more immediately as far as, gold's con uh, as the gold component of this is concerned, 
while all our well-connected liquidity providers and, uh, as well as our own contacts, report massive physical gold uptake already, this is obscured, for now, obviously, by the extremely counterintuitive COMEX-centric paper gold price action that you can see over my shoulder here. Now, however, it's the EFP flows. Remember, we talked about this multiple times, which is the COMEX price gold credit choosing to convert from a gold credit to a physical position. And, and that's that conduit where you've got the COMEX position that can actually transit through to the EFP process into an over-the-counter position. Now, what we're specifically focusing on is the Basel III gold credit positions that bypass the rigged the ETF gold credit flywheels. We talked about the, the ETF gold credit flywheels where they're not Basel III compliant. It is still the one area where you can flywheel gold credit. But it's the part that misses that, that provides us a very good clue. There is a massive coiled rally coming. Now, how is Basel III uh, faring into this major geopolitical upheaval here that we're seeing? Great question, Shane. And I don't see anyone asking that question. Uh, and in fact, uh, we had a Basel, up uh, Basel III update, I think, Monday, as recently as Monday. Uh, this week, the UK joined the EU in delaying bank capital rules. However, this does not apply to the $15 trillion a year over-the-counter gold market. Now, the reason is that by allowing paper market dilution to discount gold, it'll just incentivize more countries to swap their unbacked dollars for physical gold at a faster pace. Now, ultimately, the EFP mechanism, where futures price positions can be exchanged for a deliverable spot gold position, they cannot be allowed to break again, like we saw $100 spreads between the paper and physical market back in March 2020, when the EFP uh, conduit broke, that could just as easily be a $1,000 spreads into a bid-only market. Now, looking at what happened with nickel just two weeks ago, rising 250% in 24 hours until the LME uh, bowed to official pressure and defaulted on these over-the-counter longs, this was a wake-up call for the one, one quadrillion notional value over-the-counter markets. It was the breaking of this mechanism in March 2020 that forced a nickel-like short squeeze. And while officials bailed out the banks last time, it came close to the too-big-to-fail taxpayer-funded banks to fail. It is very, very close. So to ask you, answer your questions, really, Basel III NSFRs were brought in to specifically address this over-the-counter gold dollar drain by forcing over-the-counter longs to roll these liabilities onto their balance sheets or, go figure, to back these over-the-counter longs with physical gold, something that wasn't done in the nickel market, clearly. Now, we see that the only non-compliant sector flowing through from the exchange for physical transaction as the unallocated gold credit uh, that gets exchanged inside the ETF flywheels. And I've said, please contact your, 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 anyone, in, in, anyone in power, uh, whether it's just the regulators or whether it's your congressman, you should contact them and say, look at the, we need to look into these ETFs. 
And you can quote examples of, say, February uh, 2021, when uh, BlackRock came out and said, well, sorry, no, we're not going to actually um, buy this physical. We'll just exchange the gold credit. We'll just the silver credit instead of going out to the market and buying the silver, which in good faith, uh, Longs had done. So essentially, you've got these kind of defaults going on already, but these are hidden under the table. Now, Andrew, in our last episode, uh, you reported the physical gold and silver shortages. Can you update us further on what's happening there? Yeah, Shane, with the, with the swift nuclear option already fired, gold is most definitely the official's focus. But as we assessed into the paper given dips, uh, driven gips we looked, looked, looked at that last time we've seen it on last two fridays all these efforts achieved is actually to incentivize even more sovereign and central bank gold physical gold buying let alone the long lines of german european gold dealers outside the outside the gold dealers everywhere forcing wholesalers to to up their offers to sell now ironically throwing paper gold at the problem has resulted in an own goal to the west specifically to the US trying to batten down a yawning gold window to exchange dollars for gold. So to make matters even worse, uh, Russia is actively soaking up physical supply, accelerating the process of swapping oil for gold with BRICS countries. Now, while this trade is still very small and unreported, at the margin, this really affects the paper to physical balance. And all the current counterintuitive HFT-driven paper-centric actions achieve is to constructively flush out the hot money, forcing insiders exposed to physical delivery obligations to actually short cover into massive sovereign and central bank demand. Now, this is, this is ultimately constructive, backfilling the paper gaps and allowing the physical support levels to rise. So, so in other words, while the short-term chart chatter we see is designed to disincentivize gold buying and to suppress the gold price, it'll ultimately backfire. Now, Andrew, you, you describe the war on gold as a psychological operation, or what, what is a PSYOP operation? What is this? Yeah, Shane, I, that's important. I think anyone can pop onto Wikipedia. Uh, that describes the PSYOPs operation reasonably well. I mean, basically, uh, what it says is really what it is. These are operations to convey selected information and indicators to audiences to influence their emotions, motives, and objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organization, groups, and individuals. So, huh, but what's this doing? All it's doing is actually draining naked long paper speculators, which feeds into the deliverable over-the-counter market, which as this paper liquidity drains away, raises the offer to sell physical bullion, further bolstering gold and Russian gold reserves. So demand for physical gold is so strong in Russia following sanctions, Russia had to halt central bank gold purchases to accommodate a rush by citizens to buy physical gold. And I think if we had the, I mean, everyone's probably seen the Reuters uh, uh, Reuters article which said, quote, Reuters, Russian central bank said it would suspend the buying of gold from banks on Tuesday, which was a couple of weeks ago, to meet, in, meet increased demand from the precious metals from households. Currently, households' demand for buying physical gold in bars has increased, driven by, in particular, by the abolition of value-added tax on these operations 
the central bank said in a statement, wow, that's, that's Reuters. Reuters usually uh, avoid discussing anything that may be in the least bit bullish for gold. And, and, and not just take my word for it, try and find something. So further diluting uh, global gold supply, we also have unconfirmed but definitely credible information that the oil for gold trade is underway, which will continue to bolster Russian central bank gold stocks, but also remove gold supply from the global market. And as I say, although it's the thin edge of the wedge right now, the physical shortfall is not priced in. So with global physical demand really off the scale, and last week, major gold, gold producer Kyrgyzstan banned gold exports to bolster the reserves. Now, at a minimum, that removes 500 tons, tons of physical supply into an already tight global market. So really, we're talking about at the margin. This is a huge deal. In fact, it's not even at the margin. This is a huge big deal. And it's, it's not been priced into long-standing bearish paper bets made long before these supply-demand conditions inverted. So obviously, we're talking about a quadrillion of, of over-the-counter uh, notional uh, derivative exposure for the global markets, well, what percentage of that is gold and silver? Quite large. And, and as we highlighted in our last episode, this sudden unfactored supply shortfall misprices billions of dollars of precious metals derivative bets, relying on a much larger volume of forward supply to cover off these unbacked paper bets, i.e., cover them off with a paper settlement. Not happening. And much like China, Russia's physical gold reserves are assessed to be multiples more than is officially disclosed. Now, both Russia and China, they'll choose their moments to disclose these aggregated holdings, and they will announce these holdings when they employ their nuclear option, not the fear-mongering of a World War III hot war. Absolutely not but nuking the petrodollar, settling vast Russian oil reserves for physical gold. Now, sanctions, I think, have put this five to ten year plan, it was inevitable at some point, I think it's put it right on the front burner. We kind of mentioned it last time. The West has played its hand too early. Now we wait for the BRICS countries to play their hand. And this is the thin end of the wedge that will accelerate the erosion of the dollar's reserve status. Wow. And so so with that, what effect do you think this is going to have on the paper uh, gold market? Yeah, great question again, Shane. Uh, directly exchanging physical gold for physical oil would actually force the paper gold credit market to allocate into physical, which will actually destroy the paper gold market and revalue physical and paper gold, of course, significantly higher. Paper gold credit positions cannot be exchangeable for a physical product such as oil. This is an opportunity for the BRICS countries to capitalize and import, note, discounted Russian oil benchmarked to a significantly higher gold price. This is a win-win situation that the US has. This is a blowback from, from really not very well thought through sanctions. Now, China's enveloping horn is currently exploiting the weak flank of the U.S. Uh, that the U.S. exposed when, when retreating from Afghanistan. I mean, you can't ignore this. The elephant in the room, it was a major component of the petrodollar that the Saudi Arabia would enjoy the protection of the U.S. military might. 
However, empowered by the way the US retreated from Afghanistan and with far less fear of an increasingly woke US military, both Russia and China are better suited to fulfill the role uh, in the Middle East. And Biden's recent snub was really unprecedented and really telegraphs the, the, the correct, the bigger picture. Now, the officially driven psychological operation, PSYOPs operation witnessed on the 8th of March as gold broke out above 2000 has only served to rinse out COMEX-centric paper market fluff. And with gaps getting closed into FOMC last week, paper stops below that level look to be running thin versus very strong rising sovereign and central bank physical support. No need to chase anything here. The paper market is doing their job for them. And drilling down into the smoke and mirrors action, the blatantly counterintuitive discounted gold price action illustrates that the PSYOPs war on paper gold and silver has significantly stepped up. Now, the paper market is myopically focused on Mondays, this coming Monday's options expiry, with both gold futures at 1900 and $25 in silver being capped. However, suppressing the paper price is totally reliant on obtaining sufficient hot money long capitulations for insiders exposed to the physical market to short cover into. They're not going to go naked short into a condition like this. Now, into FOMC last Wednesday, for example, uncertainty around this balancing act kept real money on the sidelines. The illiquid, officially driven, HFT-driven conditions were utilized to target and rinse recently added, visible, very visible, naked long COMEX-centric paper market long additions. Remember what we said, you borrow money from the casino, they know exactly what you borrowed and where your pain point is. And that provided the maximum possible short cover fuel for what was yet to be revealed at FOMC, namely an insider known extremely wrong-footed Fed. Now, while they've been able to fudge around it a little bit, uh, following the Fed, the FOMC um, 1895-20 gap close, which we saw uh, at that time, very few wrong-footed spec longs got back on board until we got to around 1920. Now, all of these have been rinsed since rinsed. So paper stops below 1900 look to be running very thin. That's our immediate assessment versus the strong underlying rising sovereign and central bank physical support. And we are exposed to the physical market. We know how tight it is. So the blatantly counterintuitive paper-driven dilution has already resulted in April futures to become permanently backwardated to spot with the resulting exchange for physical uh, flow actively sought for delivery. And it's, of course, some of that is, being, is occurring outside of the ETFs. So if we want to sum, sum up the short-term action, now given the extreme counterintuitive paper market disconnect versus this very strong physical market, it's left little doubt that the heavy COMEX-centric gold market action that we're currently witnessing is a major component of the US PSYOP operation war effort against Russia, successfully using physical gold to hedge against sanctions. And we talked about how they can, they've been using that last time. We talked about that last time. And unlike, unlike the US, who has squandered and or rehypothecated its 8,100 tons of unloved gold reserves, Russia has built a very large, unrehypothecated physical gold reserve. 
and much like China, it is significantly underreported. Not even accounting for the yet unknown but increasing oil for gold trade, not even accounting for that, along with some plus 400 million a day in gas sales, oil sales at capacity as well. These resources are anticipated to be more than sufficient to see, uh, see Russia through many, many months, more of, months of sanctions if need be. Now, it's the unfactored blowbacks from the Russian sanctions that is driving sovereign and central bank physical gold buying, taking advantage of both price rises as well as orchestrated paper market discounts at what are recognized as an already undervalued paper-centric prices. Even at 2000, we saw them coming in. Now, FOMC last Wednesday, as we said, simply confirmed sanction blowbacks are severely impacting baked-in global GDP growth projections, stoking stagflation concerns, which in the real world continue to drive investments into the strong commodity block, which, driven by paper the paper market element, simply got slightly ahead of itself too. And let's not forget, officials openly intervene and admit in intervening in the foreign exchange markets, but deny being active in the gold, silver, or indeed commodity markets, despite them all being legitimate currency crosses. Now, once it was realized that the Fed is boxed in, both risk on uh, stock, uh, uh, both risk on stock alongside risk off gold and silver markets rallied post FOMC. We've seen some follow through. We saw quad witching force a risk on short squeeze uh, last fr into last Friday, which is carried through. It's got through the 200 day moving average. So you've got technical buying. It looks vulnerable, though, as a sanctioned blowbacks impact will impact these growth models, which is just not it doesn't make any sense at this point. So in summary, all of the unnecessary algo-driven, officially managed volatility following weeks of carefully spun algo-selective bullish geopolitical news flows always, in other words, they're very selective. They're, they're publishing at the right moment in the thinnest liquidity hours. Oh, there's hope. And then it's inevitably this hopium is then dashed. Uh, ongoing PSYOPs efforts to counter goals really are losing credibility. People, after a while, you call Wolf enough times, and really you're not getting the, the traction that one got before when, when, when suddenly peace uh, was, was, was around the corner. So overriding World War III imports, global markets have also woken up to a massive Fed policy error with both stock and safe haven markets now really bullishly pricing in stagflation, which will ultimately force the Fed to cut rates. Now, let's not forget, stagflation was the actual trigger that 50 years ago forced Nixon to depeg the exchangeability of dollars for gold. And under the covers, the window to exchange debasing dollars for underpriced physical gold is reopened and being exploited. And, you know, by stackers, Central banks, all of us are capitalizing on this. This is a game changer. So yes, okay, there might be some few discounts because of options. Nothing deep here. Selling paper, gold, and silver futures into strong physical drivers will ultimately backfire as these discounted exchange for physical flows will be sought for physical delivery outside of these flywheeled ETF, unallocated flywheels. So into the orchestrated FOMC paper market puke, 
Liquidity providers actually reported at that time massive sovereign-sized bids were sitting between 1900 and 1908, which was spot about 1899 to 1907. And these were successfully filled into this HFT-driven gap dip. That must have forced insiders to scramble to hedge this physical exposure, undoubtedly. Now, this is what drove insider short covering following the dip. Now, each time hot money coattails these physical rallies, it provides more fuel for this PSYOPs operation. But if we fast forward a little, each time they are rinsed out, it improves the market structure. It resets the bearish options bet that were made 12 months ago or more and makes it more attractive to exchange depreciating dollars for physical gold. And Andrew, although we're seeing some strange action in silver, it's my favorite topic. What do you see here with silver? Yeah, Shane, that's, that's good. I knew you'd bring up silver, and it's important. Uh, while, well, if one took the price action of silver at face value, one would miss the fact that unbacked silver bets into a red-hot commodity sector are particularly dangerous for these same actors' bets against silver. Let's face it. It's one of the most undervalued commodities on the planet Earth. So inside a short cover is limited, again, to what they can rinse without exposing themselves to delivery obligations into options expiry next Monday the 28th. And this limits the downside as paper discounts will be exchanged for physical for physical delivery. So, so that's basically what we're saying. And as I say, the OPEX levels still indicate the sweet spot is just under 25 and resistance at 26 and in, in, in the silver futures and gold futures still, they still want gold futures capped at 1900. But the physical shortages are coiling both gold and silver for a very strong short squeeze move higher. And we see potentially these option structures starting to get destroyed. And as we have highlighted in the past, accepting, look, we sometimes talk about the COT report, the Commitment of Traders report. It is, it is focused on, it is mithered about. People say, oh, well, there's more open interest coming in, therefore we're going to get a smash. It's going to go all the way to zero. <laughs> look, you cannot accept this at face value without assessing the relationship to Basel III compliant gold positions and to undeliverable spot silver positions increasingly vulnerable to an EFP blow-up. It's going to end up, this is going to end up wrong-footing, blinkered, comic-centric tra traders. So, yes, position concentration becomes a concern, but pushing the paper price too low will backfire as comex price exchange for physical uh, flows will be sought for delivery, as we say, outside of these flywheels. So, bottom line, Historical long-standing leverage deriv derivative bets that rely on settling gold and silver credit positions with offset credit positions are facing unanticipated physical settlements. These bets were made prior to the, uh, the, this tectonic FX market shift into a physically set settled commodity-based currency setup. So really finally, with a large percentage of gold and silver shorts that hedged in the over-the-counter market, when spun inside the GLD and SLV flywheels, the ETF flywheels, these unallocated gold and silver credit positions are equally undeliverable. Now, the blowback on these positions comes when the resulting price dilution is crystallized, arbitraged outside the casino in the deliverable spot FX gold and silver markets. Backwardations will be arbitraged. 
into a, such a tight physical market? Of course they will. Or the EFPs will force liquidity providers to deliver on the longs they're hedging on the COMEX. That didn't work out well for them last time. And was one of the primary reasons that Basel III NSFR standards were implemented in the first place. So as far as silver's concerned, while not yet NSFR compliant, all commodities posing a risk to the balance sheet of the too-big-to-fail taxpayer-supported banks will have to become compliant. Just look at what happened to nickel just a week or so ago. And with, this, look, and with the silver positions now severely offside, much like City had to short-cover the short oil positions that they were on the wrong side of, so will they, the Bank of America, JP Morgan, have to short-cover or try and get their leases back that have been short-sold before we have an LME-type uh, default where you don't get your position covered. Look, the po it's the portion of these bets that are not physically directly hedged with physical that is going to blow up. So all I can say is, to finish up here, have you got physical? How much physical? Robert Kiyosaki said on, on our interview, Physical, physical, physical. I don't, all the only question he wanted to know is how much physical have you got? Well, there you have it. Thank you so much, Andrew McGuire. I knew this was going to be a fascinating episode of Talking Gold. And remember, everyone out there, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They are not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it another episode of live from the vault please help us spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button sharing subscribing and click on the bell there if you'd like to be notified as these episodes go live so with that we'll see you next time here on live from the vault see you then